With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. night Bible study on Talk Shoe. Well, folks, tonight we're going to be in John chapter 10 eventually, but before we get into John chapter 10, I wanted to add a few more verses and a little more explanation on to that heresy of this Hebrew roots business going around. And um, I've done told Brother Dave where to turn to. It'll be in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. And um, had a look, quite a bit of feedback all positive from the ones I expected it to be positive from about the uh, teaching the other night. Clarified a lot of things to uh, quite a few people. At least that's what's been said on the telephone and emails. Of course, you're going to get flack from the lawyers as well. I don't expect to hear any difference. They're nothing but a bunch of hirelings anyway. But anyway, having said that, we'll go ahead and, Brother Dave, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Certainly. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight again, and we come with thanksgiving, with excitement, with joy that we can gather together as your people, your children, your holy seed, the seed of Israel's race, that have had our candles relit, rejuvenated, and the Spirit of God living in us all because of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, who's seen fit to extend mercy to us and cleanse us by his blood. And we give thanks for that tonight and that you're with us and the Spirit of God is here to teach us and and to bring alive in our psyche and in our mind the Word of God and that your Spirit would deal with us on a one-to-one personal basis and you're not some being that just is distant 
working in our hearts and mind, kind of pulling strings at a distance. No, you're right here. You're right in us. You're with us. And you're ever working together with us, for us, helping us to purify and to chasten our and to chasten us and and helping us to purge ourselves and so tonight we pray that the word would work in our hearts to cleanse us father in the name of Jesus and that you would grant all the people that are either deceived by hebrew roots or somewhat going that way that you would draw them to listen to these archives lord and that you would straighten them out that you would grant them repentance that you would grant them the vision to see the error of their ways and i pray that you would work in them if it's by a night dream or by a vision of the day when they're reading the word of god whatever it be your choice your choice all the time lord we just ask that you would grant them grace and that you would give them mercy and grant them repentance to see the fullness of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we have a new and living covenant. And for this, I'm truly grateful, and I pray that everyone who's here within the sound of my voice, Lord, that they would be granted um, deliverance from pain, from problems in their body, and that your spirit would be able to give undivided attention to us And I thank you for the defeat and utter destruction of our enemies. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Dave, you you turned there to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, I went to Galatians the other night. We spent most of our time in Galatians and in the book of Hebrews. So um, let's see what Paul had to say to one of his ministers. To one to his son in the faith, that would be Timothy. He calls him his son in the faith. All right, so let's go and see what Paul warned Brother Timothy about. Okay, Brother Dave, you can start uh, in verse three. Okay. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith so do, which is in faith. I think I said that right. You did. You said it right. All right. Verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Okay, then in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he, say, he says, Now by the faith, hope, charity. But the greatest of these is charity, love. And that's what he's saying here, the end of the commandment, singular. Okay, go ahead, brother. Verse 6, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. Read that verse one more time, brother, because that's exactly what these are. Folks, out of their own mouth, they admit this. But, oh, no, 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 uh uh-uh, no, they, they don't know the book. Go ahead, brother. Read it again. 
desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. Okay, now we're fixing to see what the law, that there's nothing wrong with the law if it's used correctly. As the schoolmaster, you're going to see that. But those lawyers out there, if they fall into the categories below, let them law all they want to. Continue reading, brother. Verse 8, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. Okay. Now, we know that the law was not made for a righteous man. So, do you think that the Apostle Paul is talking about, oh, this is the what they'll tell you. This is for somebody that keeps all the commandments. That's the righteous man. Of course, this doesn't apply to us if we keep all the commandments. That's what they'll say. Okay? Real quick, Brother David, turn to Romans chapter 10 and read the first four verses. Okay. And let me show you what they are, what they're doing. Okay. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Okay, stop right there. I told you the other night, I understand where they're coming from. And they do have a zeal but not according to knowledge, not according to the book. Go ahead, brother. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And who is the righteousness of God, brother David? Jesus Christ. Bingo. Bingo. That's just, and that, and hey, you can tell by listening to them. You can tell by listening to them. Back to Timothy, brother. Verse 4. First, please. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Amen, 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 amen. I mean, you can't get no clearer than that, folks. Can't get no clearer than that. Back to Timothy, brother. Yes. Verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners for unholy and profane for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers for manslayers for whoremongers for them that defile themselves with mankind for men stealers for liars for perjured persons and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Can't get no clearer than that. That's just as plain as you can get. Now see, what you've got out there among one persuasion, okay, there's one persuasion and they're, they're, they're of our persuasion. They, oh, I'm an Israelite, I'm an Israelite. We need to do the Old Testament, we need to do this, we need to do that. Paul told you in Romans 10, okay, you're Israel. What, you, you think you're Israel? Well, what, you're, what, why are you going about to establish your own righteousness and not uh, submitting yourself unto the righteousness of God? And then it, it purely, clearly explains. And that's exactly what a lot of our persuasion are doing. 
not understanding that in Christ there is neither Judean, Jew, there's no Gentile, no Scythian, no barbarian, no male, no free, female, or bond or free, but in Christ you are Christian, period. Are the Israel of God, according to Galatians 6, 16. Not my opinion. The book of Galatians, that's what Paul tells the Galatians. Go over there and read it real quick, Brother Dave. Um, which verse again? Galatians chapter Galatians. 6, verse 16, yes. 15 and 16. Okay. Verse 15, Galatians 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. Amen. Absolutely, absolutely. Two different bunches there. Did you catch it, folks? Back to Timothy, brother. And well, without I'm... the new covenant in these promises... There wouldn't be any Israel. There wouldn't be an acceptance of these people back That's right. to God. Amen. There Amen. was no way back except through Jesus Christ yeah. and the new covenant. That's right. We're going to get into that when we get into John chapter 10. Absolutely. Brother. Sounds good. Okay. Back to Timothy. Okay. And verse, verse 11. Verse 11. Because let me explain. We're going to go further on down here. And I'm going to, like I said the other night, you won't hear these people talk about well, I've got, I got, I'm saved. You'll not, you, you, they won't use that word, or if they do, it'll be in a mumbling voice, or they claim to be a follower of Yahshua. Okay. Well, we're going to find out in just a few minutes the pattern they're supposed, the the pattern how they go through the door, the pattern how they enter in at the sheepfold. We're going to find that out shortly because there was a pattern set. It wasn't in Acts 2, contrary to what 98% of uh, mainstream Christianity teaches. We'll find out about that in just a second. Okay, Brother Dave, keep on reading. Verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Okay. And he says the glorious gospel was committed to his trust. Go ahead, brother. Verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain... Oh, okay, mercy. stop just a second. For this cause, for what cause, Paul? Because he was a sinner. He, was a, he, called, he said he was the chiefest of sinners. That's the way he thought about himself. The humility sticks out, okay? Realizing he's a sinner. Howbeit for this cause, go ahead, Brother Dave. I obtained mercy, that in me first, All right. Jesus in me, In me who? First. First. In me first. You couldn't get around it with a get-around machine. 
Watch it close. I obtain mercy that in me first, continue, brother, that in me first Jesus Christ might shew forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Hereafter what, Paul? That should hereafter believe from the time the pattern was set. Who was the pattern set in? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. Well, what, what's he talking about? This is a mysterious verse. No, it's not. All you have to do is go back and look at Paul's conversion. It was a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. It was personal. It wasn't groupthink. It was personal. There's some amongst our persuasion that will think it's a group hug, that all Israel got converted at one time and all their seed was going to be converted all because all in the past. Not so. Not so. It's a personal encounter with Jesus Christ is what it is, handed out by God the Father to whom he Soever wills, okay? To the elect that was chosen before the foundation of the world and the whosoever wills. The group hug, so to speak, comes at a later time according to Romans chapter 11. When the deliverer shall come out of Zion, henceforth all Israel shall be saved. That is future, that is not present. Future and not present. And to show you this individual pattern, Paul makes it plain. Go back to Romans 10, brother, and start at verse 8 and read through verse 13. Okay. Earlier in the book of Romans, Paul calls it that form of doctrine which ye have received. This is that form he's talking about. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, Confession is made unto salvation. Stop there just a second. There's 18 inches difference between professing Christianity and the true elect of God and the whosoever wills. 18 inches. It's a difference between head belief and heart. A heart belief will continue in the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5 keeping in remembrance that which I have preached unto you, lest you have believed in vain. Okay? And you will. The elect will do it no matter what. They may fall, they may fall seven times, a hundred times. The Lord said, a just, or the Bible says, the, the, of a just man falleth seven times and riseth again. Okay? There's going to be falling in your life. There's going to be sin that pops up in your life. But uh, the but you, the heart makes the person stand back up and keep on going. The heart belief is the kicker. 
The heart belief is the key. Continue, brother. And and that heart belief comes when you have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, Absolutely. just like Paul had. That's exactly Amen. right. He, you can't get no clear. That's in me first. He should be set forth as a pattern to them which should come, which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. Continue on in Romans yeah. ten, brother. Verse eleven: For the Scripture saith. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen, amen, amen. Context is Israel. You know that. We read the first few verses. The context is Israel. Then he tells you, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a quote out of Joel chapter 2. He's quoting the Old Testament, okay? So, well, and this is the kind of mindset, turn to Romans 15, brother, while I'm talking, okay? Okay. This is the mindset of your Hebrew roots people, okay? They think, well, he see, he quoted out of the Old Testament, or what you call the Old Covenant. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. Oh, really? Well, let's get a direct quote from the Apostle Paul about everything that was written aforetime. Let's see what it's for. Yeah, you don't throw it away. No, no, no. That's where, that's where some of the, that's where the majority of Christian, real Christians fail today. It's not understanding that you just don't stay in the New Testament. You can learn things out of the old. And Paul makes that plain here in Romans 15, verse 4. Brother, if you will, read it. Okay. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's only one time where there's any reference to anything about the, about the Scriptures, basically, and it's in First Timothy 3.16. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's your inspiration of Scripture. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. profitable for doctrine, number one, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be truly furnished unto all good works. Okay? Don't lose sight of that, folks. Don't lose sight of that. Okay, brother, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, okay, okay. While, while I'm talking. You, you see, folks, that people, there are some out there, number one, they don't even believe that there, there is such a thing as the Holy Ghost, as the Holy Spirit, okay? They don't believe in the trichotomy of man, even though Paul makes that plain in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and the Lord makes it plain in the Gospels. They only think you're body and spirit, which is not true. Not according to the Word of God. Okay? 
Now, this, the problem that you see, the biggest problem you see in the one, I'm not going to say the leaders of that Hebrew Roots movement, because there's some that's just got deceived and gone off, and there's some that are deliberately doing what they're doing. They're deliberately doing what they're doing. How can you say that, Brother Don? Simple. We're going to find out about it in John 10. They're hirelings. Hirelings for who? They're hirelings to a higher power that's trying to divide the body of Christ. That's how all false doctrine gets in. You've heard me make the comment a billion times. I, mean, I know that's an exaggeration, but you understand I'm trying to get a point across. If everybody's got an opinion over what's right, then there is no absolute truth. Everything's relative. And then you fall under the category of the philosophers and the unregenerate. If everything is relative, in other words, everybody's opinion, what this person thinks, well, that's his truth. Or if such and such says, that's his truth. Then there's no such thing as absolute authority. Then God's book becomes a free-for-all, and anybody can have anything whatsoever they want, even though the Lord's promise is preservation. No, Paul didn't say it. No, it's in, it's in the book of Psalms. He, pre, he promised he would preserve his word. Now, he either did or he didn't. He didn't just say his word. He said W-R-D-S, words. The words you've got in your lap right now, above what man thinks, because men looks at the natural way. They look at the natural, well, such and such, he was a sinner. Well, my God, the Lord used Balaam's ass to, talk, you know, to, to preach a message. He can use anybody. The Lord is not bound by restrictions like that when it comes to keeping his promises. He used a murderer to carve in stone the old commandments. Okay? He used an adulterer and a murderer to write three-quarters of Psalms. He can go above and beyond it. They, they lose sight of the big picture. But you start dividing the body of Christ, of Christ over that silly mess. And that's what you get, a confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. In Jeremiah chapter 3, back even then, the scribes were corrupt in the Word of God. Jeremiah tells you in Jeremiah chapter 3, Paul tells you in the New Testament, we are not as those that corrupt the Word of God. And the, and the Father was the instrument, the Holy Spirit was the one that did the, the guiding to bring us to this point today that you have the words of God. How do we know that? Look at the fruit. By their fruits you shall know them. I made mention of it the other night. You can, you can even find a basic timeline in history when things started going astray. I, I, I mentioned about every five or six programs. Ad nauseum. Take me to the task and see if I'm lying to you. If I'm not, if you've been led astray the wrong way, then just repent and get right. But you know, there's a lot that won't. 
And before you read, go to 1 Corinthians 2, brother. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and read the last three verses. I'll show you, I'll put, I'll show you what they are. Okay? There's nothing you can do to change their mind. The ones that are dead set on the path, okay, that goes against the fruit of our English Bible. There's nothing you can do. It has to be another force that does it. And we're fixing to read that right now if you think I'm making this up. Read the last three yes. verses of Second Timothy 2, brother. Yes, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. Apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Who are taken captive by him at his will. Absolutely. By uh, Taken captive, Satan takes them captive all the time through his fake ministers, through the hirelings, through those that appear as ministers of righteousness. Know ye not that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light? See, folks, I'm the, it, 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 it bothered. Listen, listen. Either I'm right, either history's right, or either the wonderful, righteous fruit you see in our country today and everywhere, or either they're right. Look at the fruits. Look where your nation is. Every one of you that names the name of Christ. Where is your nation? How do you like the laws? How do you like your rulers? You know, they're ordained of God. Romans chapter 13. The Lord gives His His people. I'm not talking about the ones that are not. He gives His people the government they deserve. What does that tell you about what we got here? He, I said His people. I'm not talking about the unregenerate. I'm talking about His people. So I guess here in America, his people deserves a high yeller that's a liar. I guess that, well, I don't guess nothing. That's what it says in Romans 13. And a true believer, a, a true regenerate child of God is supposed to obey the powers that be. And according to Peter, who was under Nero, that, that, that wicked Roman ruler that loved to do things with his animals, okay? Nero, Peter wrote under inspiration of the Holy Ghost that you're supposed to obey to honor the king and submit to their authority. That's what Peter said under, under, under when Nero was in control, when he was the king over the kingdom at that time. Okay? 
You need to think about it. They say your answers are in the book. You have to search them out. Be a Berean. Acts 17, 11. They were no more noble than the ones at Thessalonica because they searched the Scriptures daily to see if those things the Apostle Paul and the other apostles said were true. That's partially a paraphrase. That's what it says. Look it up. Acts 17:11. Now go in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to go down through here, and I'm going to make this. I've been through here numero uno times. But I'm going to make it plain again because some people just don't seem to get a grip on it. The only people that will get this, this book is the ones that have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. That's why Paul said in Romans, let me get it right now. Romans 8, he, when he was talking to, a, a, he had a bunch, when he wrote the letter, a bunch of audiences that heard it, he said, if so, be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, which tells you that there's some that didn't. Or else he wouldn't have said that. The Holy Spirit comes in the personal relationship with Jesus Christ is when the Holy Spirit comes and indwells the individual. And I'm not going to go off on the doctrine about, you know, Romans 7. I'm not going to do that tonight. I've done it numero uno times. I probably will, you know, in a month or two have to go back over it again. The indwelling Spirit, you're sealed by that Spirit of God to the day of redemption what it tells you in Ephesians 5. That's the Holy Spirit of God which was given. Okay, It first came down at Pentecost. Remember the other night when I was talking to you and, I, and we were in Hebrews and I was dealing with this Hebrew roots junk and I said, and when we went to Hebrews chapter 9 and I mentioned about, we read the scripture where the testament is not in effect to the death of the testator. You remember that, Brother David? Yes. You read it, it's in Hebrews 9, where it says that a testament or a covenant is not in effect till after the death of the, of the covenanter, or the, te- the testament is not in force until after the death of the testator. So keep that in mind, and I said I was going to be careful because this is heavy doctrine, folks, okay? Most 99.9% of people don't even know that what I just quoted you is in the Scripture. They, they, they totally ignore what I just said and quoted about the death of the testator. The covenant was not in effect till after the death of the covenanter, okay? So if that be true, when you're reading through the Gospels, and the Lord's talking to somebody, and he heals them, they're not under the new covenant yet. See, that's what I said I was being careful about. I'm going to go ahead and say it tonight. Because the majority of Christians will read the Gospels, and then they'll say, well, they must, they must, well, they got saved. Well, no, they didn't. Not like you and I. Because the covenant was not even in effect yet. Not in my opinion, that's what the book says. It wasn't in effect. 
That's how you come up. That's how you put the doctrines together that so many people out there think is heresy when they hear me talk about it, about Abraham's bosom, how the ones from the Old Testament did not get the promises of the new till after it was done. That's why none of them went to be with the Lord. See, it all fits like a glove. Not just pulling stuff out of thin air and putting together, putting together where the picture book is perfect. Because the Father don't make no mistakes. And if you find a place where you can't get reconciled, the problem's not the Father in the book. The Father's you. And I'm fixing to show you why the problem's us if we can't reconcile it. And the Spirit of God hadn't shown it to us yet. And it's because there's no Spirit in them. Because they're still natural. They're still dead in trespasses and sin, as the Apostle Paul says. Like Paul said, was talking about it for the program. He said in Romans 7, he was alive without the law once, but sin came and he died. That schoolmaster showed him he was a sinner. And he was dead, dead in trespasses and sin. Dead man walking. And if you don't understand the crucified life and dying to self... You ain't even got his first base yet as a Christian. And I don't say that with malice because it's not being taught out there. And the generation now that's coming up now, they ain't heard such a thing. They have no idea. And, and even some of the ones that have heard it, they'd rather trade sound doctrine off to, for what they like and they can, they can fit their life into Think I'm making that up? You think that I'm making that up, that you're dead? You know, Paul says you're dead and your life is hid with Christ. Brother, quickly turn, flip right back over to 1 Corinthians 6. Read the last two verses. You think I'm making this up? Huh? Do you? Let's see if I am. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, chapter last six. two verses. Yes, Watch what he says. Watch what he says and ask yourself these questions. The Holy Spirit will let you know. Go ahead, brother. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Oh, ye are not your own. Ye are not your own. Go ahead, brother. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. They're gods. They're gods. It's, he owns you. He owns you. He owns me. We're supposed to strive for these things. When Paul says there is not no metaphor in Romans chapter 12, when he begs the Romans, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living dead man. A living sacrifice, holy. 
acceptable unto God, which is your hard to do, you, something you should only pay a little attention to, uh-uh, but it's your reasonable service. There's nobody in our persuasion teaching this doctrine, folks. None of them. None. Nana. It's been lost to the body. I'm talking about the body politic, the body of Christ. It's been lost out there. And it's just in a few places left. Because of the falling away and the apostasy, all the changing of the words in the book, all the different translations, everything. What I'm telling you was sound doctrine and taught everywhere in the early churches. You don't believe me? You go back and read about Ignatius and Polycarp and Justin Martyr and Irenaeus in the early church. You read about it. Don't take my word for nothing. I may be making it up. First Corinthians chapter 2, brother. Okay. And while you're turning back there. And, and let me tell you, if you don't... Hey, listen. It don't matter if you like it or not. It's the truth. That's what we're supposed to strive for, what I just got through talking about. Because you're not your own. You've been bought, you've been sold on the block, just like a slave. You've been sold on the block. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You think, you want a different translation where it says servants? In the King James, it's slave in your new virgins. You think I'm making it up, huh? You're sold on the block. You're, well, then, oh, well, I'm, I've, I've been going about my life all wrong. Yeah, yes, that's right. So there has to come a time of repentance where you change your mind about that and start going in the right direction. Or nothing will be right. That's the reason you have the daily cleansing power of 1 John chapter 1. Too much is given, folks. Much is required. I don't care if you know about everything, every sign, symbol, every Masonic sign, Illuminati sign. I don't care if you know about every conspiracy that's out there in the world. I don't care if you just, you can quote it off with your eyes closed. That you can count the hairs on Rothschild's chin. Unless you understand the doctrines in the Word of God, you are not on the right path. Your life will never reach the potential that it's supposed to where you purge yourself, 2 Timothy 2, of those dead works and those things thing purge yourself under righteousness and truth. Because there's many vessels in God's household. Some to honor, some to dishonor. If you want to be one to dishonor, continue on that path. 
But if you want to be a one of honor, you do obedience to God's Word and you attempt to live what the book says. Not for salvation. That's a free gift. You Nobody works for salvation. None of the elect of God do. But for a reward, you do. That's what you work for. Position and reward in the kingdom. That's what you're here for this three score and ten for, you elect of God. You're Make, you're writing your own paycheck, so to speak. Well, I just don't care just as long as I'm in, folks. You have no idea what you just said, if that's what you believe. That's called, see, you're ignorant of what the book says about the shame, about the fiery indignation of the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. Suffering loss. It ain't like it's not like just losing twenty or thirty dollars out of your back pocket. Suffering loss is talking about is is out in eternity where the judgment takes place. This is the kind of stuff that matters. This is the kind of stuff you should eat up because what you eat up now, in the words of God and the application, pays off in eternity after you've taken that last breath. All the worldly knowledge you can gain here don't do squat for you in eternity. Nana, nothing. Paul makes that plain in 1 Timothy 6. Sure, you brought nothing in, and sure you can take nothing out. The only thing that matters is godliness, 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 godlikeness. Purging yourself, purging yourself. Godliness profits not only in this life for testimony's sake and to keep the Lord from having to stripe your back all the time. Godliness profits not only in this life, but in that also in that which is to come. That's what you do here for what's on the other side. Or as my Bible professor and my preacher and my spiritual father who passed away this past week used to say, he used to tell us, if you need to live every day in light, in the light of the judgment seat of Christ. And if you do that, you'll stay on the right path. Once you understand that, believe that in your heart, and try to live your life according to the ju- in light in light of the judgment seat of Christ, you'll straighten that path up with help from the Lord. You'll be more tuned to godliness then. For godliness profiteth not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. Nothing else matters as far as the other life is concerned. 
And unless the Lord comes back in the clouds before we take our last breath, once you take that last breath now, it's signed and sealed. Ain't nothing you can do about it later. Not a solitary thing. Some people might say, well, it's better than the alternative. That's not spoken like anybody that loves the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of, sometimes people will understand this, and then they'll try to come up with some kind of doctrine to negate it. One of these days, one of these nights, I'm going to do a program on some of the biggest lies in Christian history. Thanks to Brother Tony Adams, he's the one that brought it to my attention. I And the Spirit said, yep, you need to start planning about this. Some of the greatest lies since the resurrection in Christianity I'm talking about. And there's a bunch of them, folks. When he said that, it just rang a bell in my... But the Spirit said, ding, 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 you need to do this. And you're going to find out we've all fell prey to a bunch of them. And to those of us that have stayed in the Word of God, and the Lord knows our heart, He has granted us repentance out of those things, like the, earth, like the uh, flat earth. That's just one. That's a little bitty lie that the God has granted repentance to those that truly believe His book. And if anybody says, I'm a Bible believer, there's over 170-something verses that say that the earth is fixed and it's a plane and does not move. Now, if you claim to be a Bible-believing Christian and bold every one of God's words is true from the beginning and His righteous judgment endures forever, and you deny that? Well, there's over 170 verses that makes that the Word of God, the King James Bible, is plain. Now, you you still a Bible believer? Huh? I had to just throw that in there because that's one of the lies we've been taught since the 15th century. But if the book says it and you believe it, hadn't you rather believe what you what the book says than take man's word for anything? No matter how much persecution, laughing, or whatever. Because when the when the father gets through with you, taking a little peer pressure down here ain't gonna mount to a hill of beans on the other side at the judgment seat of Christ. If you need two or three witnesses, there's over 170. For too long, we're going to do another program on that, and we'll go through every stinking one of them. And I say that reverently. I didn't mean to get off on that. Back to the Spirit dwelling in you and a, a person not understanding if they don't have the Spirit dwelling in them. Paul's plain about it in the whole chapter, in chapter 2. Okay, go on and start reading, Brother Dave. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. 
And oh, I, oh, wait, wait, Smith. I bon, I messed up the other night. The indoctrination was so strong in Brother Don. I said the other night about the gospel being preached all over the globe. You see, it's still in me. I went back and listened. I said I, I started knocking myself upside the head. That's how much it's ingrained. The world ingrained it in Brother Don. Okay. But God granted repentance to the acknowledging the truth, and no, and I'm Bible believer in the world for the word go. I'm talking about. I'll stand up for it while the world's on fire. But yet I make my own self out of liar by saying what I said the other night. So I'm apologizing for it now. If anybody heard it and thinks I'd been hypocritical, I, I wasn't. I just just a slip of the tongue. It's from all the forty years of indoctrination. Okay, go ahead, brother David. Get off that subject for okay. time being. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What does he use for his power? His words. The words, Christ said, that I speak to you, they are spirit. They are life. Continue, brother. Verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among you, them that are perfected, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they w would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay, I'll speak more on this. They had the princes known. He's talking about the principalities and powers in high places here. He's not talking about Herod, okay? He's not talking about Herod and, and the king. No, he said the princes of this world. Like the prince of Grecia and the prince of Persia and Daniel 10. That's, who, that's the princes he's talking about. And before too long, we're going to do another program on the divine council, okay? And we'll try to bring it into the new covenant and under the new testament and deal with some of the things going on today. These are the prince, these are the archons, the exousius, the cosmocraticos of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that he's talking about here. And I'll explain, I'll, I'll try to put together the reason why they wouldn't have crucified it, the Lord of glory. If they'd have knew about the resurrection, they never would have killed him. And I'll explain to you why when we do the program on it in the future. Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse 9, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I've heard everybody wants to quote verse 9, and nobody wants to go put 10 along with it. And verse 10 just, just slaps them upside the head. Okay? 
They'll, they, they'll, when they want to talk about something all wispy and, and, you know, way out there to where there's no scripture for it, this is what they'll quote. I have not seen nor hear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And they'll stop right there. Why didn't they read the next verse, see? Because it's, I'll tell you why. Because it's in the book, and if they had searched it out, they could find these things, Okay. I'm not saying that everything in the Father's mind is, in, is necessarily revealed. I'm not saying that because Paul covers that in Romans chapter 11, the last two verses. Read the next verse, verse 10, brother. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Not just the shallow things like the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord, but there's deep things. I've mentioned it to you. And folks, I have a bad habit, okay? And, and I can't and I've been I've had it for a long time. All right. I preach a lot teach a lot of strong meat. And I never know who's coming in the chat room, who's downloading it, just probably thinks, Oh my goodness, and can't have it it make them throw up. You don't give a baby strong meat. They have to start out with milk. And I'm, and I'm the world's worst. It's one of my faults as a teacher and preacher I, because that's the way I got, I got in, okay? I got in either choking it down or having to spit it out because I was fed meat right off the bat, okay? And I, and I tend to be the same way. And I apologize if it offends some of you or you don't understand as much as you think you should. Don't, let, don't, don't, don't get discouraged, the Spirit of God will show it to you. That's where the understanding will come from. None of us can understand things that the Spirit doesn't show us. But the Spirit of God is the teacher. Amen, Brother David? Absolutely. Amen. Continue reading, Brother. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Anybody. The natural man has that spirit, he has a spirit in him. Not the Holy Spirit, but the other spirit that makes him alive. Okay? That, like, that spirit, everybody that breathes has it, okay? Because the spirit, pneuma, means air. That's where you get pneumatic drill, all right? It's pneuma, it's an air drill. The Greek word pneuma. Talking about regular spirit for the natural man, they all have it. The animals have it, okay? Everything's got it that's alive. But the natural man can get, he can get certain things. He can read this Bible and he can get, he, common sense dictates in, in uh, Hosea chapter 1 and Hosea chapter 2 that the, the Father's going to take a remnant out of Israel which is his elect, tells you that plainly. If they just believe the words, see? But the Spirit of God shows you the truth of the matter when it comes to Anglo-Israel truth. Think I'm making that one up, huh? Real quick, Brother David, turn to the last chapter in Hosea and read the last three verses of Hosea, the book okay. of Hosea. You think I'm kidding, huh? Hosea chapter 14, verse 7. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? 
I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me, from me is thy fruit found. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. Amen, brother. Back to 1 Corinthians. Let's get on through chapter 2 so we can get to John chapter 10. Okay, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Okay, and one more example. Anybody can read something written in stone. Okay? Anybody can read something written in stone. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Even the unregenerate can understand that. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. The spirit of man can, can get that. There's a lot of moral folks, people. I say a lot to this day and time. It's hard to say that word. But years ago, it wasn't that hard. Moral people, morality doesn't save anybody. Morality is no ticket into glory. No, no ticket into the elect. No ticket into the New Jerusalem. Morality is not. Morality is not the gift of God. Okay? It's salvation that's the gift of God, and it's free. And it comes by grace through faith that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But any natural man can see, read those natural laws that were given in the old, under the old covenant and read that stuff and say, hmm, okay, I understand it. Anybody that can read English can get it. Okay? That even it unregenerate or regenerate, either way, it makes no difference. Whether they obey or not, now that's a different story. The desire to obey is given by the Spirit that dwelleth, the Holy Spirit, inside of His people. Continue, Brother David, in Second Corinthians. First yes. Corinthians, excuse me. Verse 12. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. When we get to John 14, 15, and 16, we'll see about him being the teacher. And we'll see him about him being the comforter. And some of those people of our persuasion, you never hear this mentioned. Because they don't understand it. Why do they not understand it? That's why we're in 1 Corinthians 2. Let the Word of God tell you why they don't understand it. Go ahead, brother. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is spirit? What's he mean here? The Holy Ghost teaches. Well, we'll find out in John 14, 15, and 16. What's this spiritual with spiritual? The Lord out of his own mouth said, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. 
they are life. Spiritual things with spiritual, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. That's the way you find biblical doctrine. Isaiah chapter 28. Continue on, brother. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. See, that's, they, a, big, that, that's a big S. That's the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Holy Spirit's not in them, they don't understand. Continue on, brother. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. There you go. Verse 15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Bingo. We have, that's why I tell you, Paul even states, just like when he says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Here he says, we have the mind of Christ. We got a down payment of it. It's what we got. To understand spiritual things by the gift of the Holy Ghost that resides within us and seals us to the day of redemption. To be able to understand the spiritual meanings of his words and put together new covenant, New Testament doctrine because things went from natural, fleshy, outward, worldly, to spiritual. Think I'm making it up? Think I'm think I'm making that up? You ought to know better now, folks, than for me to, to jump on board and say, yeah, you're making it up. Turn to 2 Corinthians 3, brother. Okay. Start reading. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you ye are our epistles written in our hearts known and read of all men for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of christ okay he said the epistles written in heart oh does it sound familiar written in heart brother david yes (laughs) word of god amen brother keep on epistles are the word of god amen Keep on, brother. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Wow. Wow. See, I could... Go ahead, brother. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Oh, now do you, see, do you think I was making it up, huh? Continue on, brother. If the ministration of death, written and engraved in stone... The ministration of death? Well, you know what was written in stone? 
That's right, the schoolmaster. The schoolmaster. The law, written in stone. Continue, brother. Written and engraved in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more the ministration of righteousness exceeding glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Absolutely. Continue, brother. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one, you, did you, or did you say abolished, brother? Amen. It's abolished. Absolutely. Continue on, brother. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. No different with the Hebrew roots, folks, okay? No different with our persuasion out there, the ones that are the lawyers. No different. You see, the old has to pass away for there to be a new. There's not no old and just something else tacked onto it. That dog don't hunt. Not according to the word of God. Continue, brother. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Wow. It sure is. It, it, that's the reason Paul said, Ye that desire to be under the law, you're fallen from grace. Continue, brother. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When that personal, when that personal conviction comes, when the when the new convert, the regeneration takes place, that everything that schoolmaster has gone away. It don't have to convict anymore. Everything's new. It's take that old veil is taken away. Verse seventeen, brother. It's interesting. Verse sixteen. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, mm-hmm. we'll see. We just said the veil is upon their heart. That's right. So the it is the heart. It's that's not it. their head. Bingo. That's that's Amen, brother. Absolutely. Believe with the heart. Continue on, brother. Yes. The veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from Glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, For we look through a glass darkly, but then face to face. John chapter 10, brother, while you're turning there, I'll make 
couple more statements about this. Folks, they can't get no plainer. Okay? There has to be an adamant adversity to God's words to try to deny what's been taught in the last two programs concerning this this stuff, okay? That's all I got to say about it. And you know what the funny thing about it is? Yeah, and I say funny, it's sad. The ones that scream this stuff don't even, they're no different than the ones in Acts 15 that said they never kept it either. The ones that scream it today don't keep it either. They don't do what they talk. They don't walk the walk. They just talk a talk. That's all they do. And I don't make that being in condemnation. I do that in knowing their nature. They don't even understand the two natures. They don't understand the two men, the old man, the new man. They don't understand the natural man, the new man. They don't understand the new creature from the old creature. They don't understand none of it. They think if they talk it with their mouth that it just it's it's happening somehow magically and it ain't. They're going about to establish their own righteousness, which their own righteousness, according to the book, is like filthy rags. Used minstrel cloth. That's what it is. You want some Hebrew? That's the Hebrew. And Isaiah's the one that talked about it. 53. They don't do it themselves. Talking out of both sides of their mouth. The greatest Christian to ever live said he is the chiefest of sinners. Brother John says if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Book of Hebrews says to sin, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Paul, so Paul said in Romans 6, I say this because of the infirmities of your flesh. What's the infirmities of your flesh? The sin that dwelleth in us. Paul said in the last verse in Romans chapter 7, For with my mind... I myself serve the law of Christ, but with my flesh the law of sin and death. When I would do good, evil is present with me. And they, and this bunch out here screaming, Oh, the law! Oh, the, they don't, none of them keep it. Do you know what? Those, all those feast days and all that stuff is supposed to be done in Jerusalem. Oh, yes. They don't even know the law, what the law does require. Anyway, let's go to John chapter 10, brother. John chapter 10, verse 1. Just a second, let me give a little heads up on John 10. John 10 is just a continuation from John 9. He's still in the first part of this going to be dealing with the Pharisees about this blind man. Now, the very, very first starts off with barely, barely, and he's talking about the blind man that he healed previously in chapter 9. Okay, go ahead, brother. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now that now that's some ye like Paul said, ye that desire to be justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. That's another way. There is no other there's only one way, folks. There's only one way. Go ahead, brother. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth... Who's doing the calling, brother? (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. And he calls them by name. That's a personal encounter with each individual sheep. He calls them by name. He didn't call them by their speech. He didn't call them by their uh, group. He called them by name. By name, he calls them. Go ahead, brother. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. And folks, now if I wanted to spend the next 20 minutes, we would go to First John and see about the discerning of spirits. Okay? There, the Holy Spirit that dwells in every regenerate believer, every elect of God, that Holy Spirit of God that has sealed you to the day of redemption can send up flags when things are wrong. See, as long as you abide in his words and his words abide in you, and that Spirit of God can use those to send up flags so you'll know when you're hearing something wrong. You hear me say, been saying it for three years, going, we'll be going on four now. I'll tell you and keep telling you. If you know this book, when you hear oh, something wrong, it will the Spirit of God will flash it up in your brain. There, something ain't right here. Something smells fishy, as the worldly saying goes. But you've got to know the book. You do. You have to know the book. Continue, brother. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Read that again, brother. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And you, you'll hear some of them Armenians out there that sense, see, some of them don't even know what Arminianism is, but um, Brother Chad and, and Sister Maureen do. But you hear one of them, uh, some of our persuasion, they're Arminians, and they'll, they'll think, oh, yeah, but I'm trying to get in the door. I'm trying to get in the door. Well, you better quit trying is all I can tell you so the Spirit can deal with you. Because the Spirit takes you and puts you into the body of Christ. For by one Spirit 
are ye all baptized into one body. Not by your good works are you put in to Jesus Christ, but by the Spirit of God. That's the reason the Apostle Paul is so adamant about in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, over and over and over again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away, all things are become new. You couldn't get around regeneration with a regeneration get-out machine. And that's just the way it is unless you deny the Word of God and despise the conviction of the Spirit of God and don't believe His words. That's the only way you could get around it because it's plain. Continue on, brother. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. There's many of them thieves, and they ain't no div. The hireling and thief is the same thing. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sh- whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. And there and they was just they was hirelings in Paul's day. There was hire, the Lord prophesying about them going to come in to the sheep now. Turn to Acts chapter 20 while I'm talking, brother. Okay. There were hirelings. The Lord saying, hey, they're going to be hired. There's hirelings. And they're going to scatter the sheep. And they'll come in to steal, kill, and destroy. You ever run across anybody that claims pastor or claims elder, bishop, any kind of title where there's an, an, an overseer of the flock that tries to steal another overseer's flock, he's a hireling. Okay? And not of God. They come in to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what it does. And I'll just add confusion as well. well let's see what the what the um, the Apostle Paul told the Ephesian elders who were the shepherds over their flocks. Let's see what the Apostle Paul told them. Go down there and read, Brother Paul's uh, farewell message, Acts chapter twenty. Okay, verse Paul, one. Where he's reading to the, where, go down and okay. pick up where he's talking to the Ephesian elders. Okay, uh, verse seven. Yeah, start there. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. Now drop on down to verse 17, brother. Certainly. Verse 17. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Ah, there you go. Continue. Now start right there and go on. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, 
ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all, been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shewed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know what Paul preached? That's what he preached. That's all part of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's the faith toward Christ. Continue, brother. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life, dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Absolutely. Testify the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the grace of God. Not the works. Not your righteousness, but Christ's righteousness. He is the righteousness of God. His righteousness is eternal. If you're in Him, you got His righteousness forever. Continue, brother. Verse 25. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. You know, I'm going to make this little quirk statement. If the Apostle Paul had been talking to the the Corinthian elders or to to the Galatian elders or or the elders in Philippi, I do not believe he would have made this statement. I do not believe he would have made this statement about declaring unto them the whole counsel of God. I, I don't say that. That's not my opinion. The scriptures bear it out. Paul tells the Corinthians that he wished he could give them meat, but he had to give them milk because they were so carnal. The Ephesian church is the church you read of in the book of Revelation that had all the doctrine correct had all the doctrine right. They'd kicked out all the ones that said they were apostles and were not. Well, go read about it, okay? Just go read about it in first in, in Revelation chapter 3. If you think I'm making it up, they had it all correct. They had all Apostle Paul's doctrine correct. They had it all correct, except for one thing that they lacked. They had lost their first love. They were too busy about their doctrine and this, that, and the other that they had lost that personal love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they got rebuked for. Continue here in in, in uh, Acts, brother. Yeah, verse 28. 
Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Absolutely. There's your hireling, okay? That's your hireling that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Paul's laying it out and warning them, and they took heed. They obeyed. They sought to obey, and they did obey. But these grievous wolves was bad then. They're bad. They're, they're, you think they were bad at the early part of the church? The great apostasy, they're ten times as bad. Paul warns against them over and over again. Continue, brother. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Yeah, that word is able if you got it, but according to a bunch of folks out there, you don't have his word uh, unless it's there, what they think is his word. With no fruit, nothing but mischief, nothing but division, and nothing but absolute arguing, everything that divides the body of Christ since 1880, absolutely, that's all it's done. Now look at the condition you're in. Every white Christian nation that once stood firm on the English Bible is a disaster. Look at the rulers that the Lord has given you. How much more do I have to go through? How much more does the Spirit of God have to stick it in some people's face? But yet, what they think and they like, with absolutely no fruits to back it up, they'll continue on to their own destruction. And they'll also have to give an account to the ones that were destroyed under their, under their that, that joined along with their pious bloviating about something that they have no proof of. And I'm talking about spiritual proof and fruit, okay? And history to back it up. Back to John 10, brother. Certainly. Verse 13, The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. And they don't care for the sheep. They don't There's care. A, got a question in the yeah, chat room. Shoot. Matthew said, I guess in regards to what you were just saying, could you be more specific? Who are you talking about? Who am I talking? I'm talking about anybody that condemns your English Bible and says that it's a bad translation and you ought to have a new one. That's who I'm talking about. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're lost. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, hey, I don't care what... Hey, yeah, I do care. I care for these people in the chat room, all right? I used to care for my congregation. 
Yes, I care. But for anybody outside, do what you want. Hey, go get your NIV, NASV, an ASV, whatever you Hey, If you, that's what you go for, it's free country. Or what's left the vestiges of a free country. But how do you like your fruits? Look around you. They, they bitch and they moan and they groan about the condition of their country and wonder why. And wonder why. And want to blame it everywhere else. Everywhere. And I'm talking about those that I'm just that I mentioned about, okay? And want to blame everything else out there but where the problem really lies. It lies in the mirror. It lies in the mirror. That's where the problem is. Corporately and individually. We got fat. I say we. I'm throwing myself. We got fat, happy, and sassy. In our own wealth, in our own knowledge, and in our own good fortune that we're all blessings from the Lord and we forgot where we got them. We forgot where we got them. That's the condition and that's the reason for the condition you see our people in today. The fact that I the fact that somebody even has to bring this up shows that some folks hadn't done their studying. Showing some folks hadn't paid attention to history. They haven't paid attention to the true facts. Because, see, our vine is different than their vine. Our rock is different than their rock. There's a true vine and a false vine. There's a real rock and a false rock. And we're going to deal with some of those people that absolutely go after the false rock just shortly in John because they can't understand what the Lord's saying. He plainly tells them why they can't understand. They can't understand, but that's the reason I went to 1 Corinthians 2. Is that all, Kevin? Brother Kevin, I'm sorry. Say that again. Is that, is that does that answer their question? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. All right, brother David, continue on. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and so, one shepherd. There, So there's other sheep that are not of this fold that the Lord's talking to outside of Judah. The other sheep are in Hosea 1. That's who the other sheep are. Okay? And along with whosoever wills because of John 3.16. I've heard people, man, I've heard the Catholics, there's some Catholics out there that try to say that verse 16 means that there's 
extraterrestrials out there. I've heard every fly off and spin off from from John um, 10, verse 16 that you could possibly imagine, folks. I've heard it used to say, oh, there's some sheep that's under the earth, in the hollow earth. I've heard it's extraterrestrials. Every answer but what the Word of God gives you for the answer. I'll call them my people who were not my people. And I will call her beloved who was not beloved. And the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the sons of the living God. Hosea chapter 1, the last few verses. That's a quote, so if I missed a word, excuse me for it. My memory might have messed up. Check me out. Check me out. Hold my feet to the fire. Verse 17, brother. Therefore doth my father love me, because I laid down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment, have I received of my father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews. Okay. For saying, this, this is a, I brought, we brought this out many times, if we've been through here, talking about there's Israelites and there's the Edomites. Okay? There's a division. Some people believe, some of them, let's just see what they say, and then I'll explain it further when we get to it. Go ahead, brother. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Okay, now that would be that would be the Edomite Jews. That's who that would be. Because they can't even hear God's word because they're not of God. Go ahead, brother. Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? This is part of the division on the other side. This would be... Now, now this is... also Jesus. I'm reading this into the text, folks, Okay. The text is not necessarily telling me this. I'm reading it in because of the rest of the Scripture, okay? I want to be plain about that, okay? But I'm saying this about Nicodemus. Is he one of these, you know? Some of the true Israelites that we know. But there was a division among the people that were starting to get it and the ones that absolutely couldn't, could not get it because they couldn't hear God's words. Jesus makes that plain. Continue on, brother. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him, and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou beest Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed not. The words that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Okay, because ye are not of my sheep. Well, who are they of if they're not of his sheep? Who could they possibly be? I thought everybody was sheep. See? <laughs> 
Matthew 13 describes that all to us. Yes, about it those does. Tears. Yes, yes, it does. How long have we been on, Brother Kevin? If, and I'm going to see if I want to jump into where I'm fixing to go with this. Uh, hour, hour and 38 minutes. Okay, let's just go ahead and stop right here at verse 26 okay. then, and uh, we will take this, in just a few minutes, we're going to take the cross-reference back to John 8, 44, and we'll be off and running with the, um, you're not a you're you're of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do that's what we're going to take off from when we get on for a little bit further on down here but there's a bunch here that can't believe they can't they can't understand that's the division amongst the so-called Jews okay that's the division among them any questions in the chat room no sir okay see that and and the reason and <laughs> The reason is genetic about this believing thing because there's no, hey, remember what I told you earlier? There's no new covenant instituted yet, folks. There is no covenant instituted. And the Lord's the one that spoke this. Okay, they're in red letters. The testament has not been instituted yet because the testator has not died. That's the reason you know it, it has to be genetic. It has to be because his sheep, they hear his voice, and then there's some that don't, they can't hear his voice because they're not of his sheep. That's what's taking place here. Because there's no, well, they just didn't, they weren't Christians, they didn't believe like mainstream Christianity teach you. There is no Christianity yet. There has been no blood atonement yet. There has been no sealing of the Spirit of God yet. There has been no gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5 yet. It has not been done. It hasn't taken place. Nobody's dying and going to be absent from the body present with the Lord. It ain't happening. Because the new covenant has not been instituted yet. Hebrews chapter 9. And like I said, 99% of your people out there that claim to be Bible teachers and claim to be pastors don't even have a clue of what I just told you. And it ain't got nothing to do with me being smart. It's got to do with me believing what God said and putting it in the right place. That's all it is. Any questions, Brother Kevin? No, sir. No questions in the chat room, brother? No, sir. Okay. Well, folks, if there's no questions, we'll go ahead and chop it off here tonight and let y'all get away from here early. And Because we'll, if we went on down here in just a few seconds where he says, have not I said you're God's, then we'd be here for another hour. So I'm going to go ahead and shut her down for tonight. Brother David, you got anything you want to add? Uh, just like before we... Um, come back to read this. Uh, maybe people, if they want to read Matthew 13 and the parable of the tares, and Jesus calls them children Absolutely. of the wicked one. So children, you're either a child or you're not. You're not some. You can't be a spiritual child just because you decide to be one. You have to be born to be a child. So you have to have the genes of your father. 
And so if you're born of God, you have the genes of God the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the circumcision of your heart. You're an actual child. We're not just conceptualizing. So these tares, these uh, sheep who aren't of his pasture, these are real, like you're saying, genetic DNA people, children of the wicked one. Now, this has nothing, there is not, there, as far as I know in history tales, there is not a single blue gum here, okay, as far as I know. And as far as I know, there is no Chinese or Japanese here, okay? In other words, the majority of this culture here, when they look in the mirror, they see the same color as you see. That's my understanding. Okay. Yes, if I'm yes. wrong, if I'm wrong, now I'm wrong. But I'm just telling you that's my understanding. Okay. So don't go saying about what about Japanese, what about Chinese. Well, don't go saying that. Okay. They were in the temple. Now, if these were the Jews, which the book says they are, they were keepers of the Torah, at least in public. And uh, the Torah says no foreigner is allowed in the temple. So. We're dealing with people who are Israelites and those who are masquerading as Israelites. That's correct. Absolutely. Just like it says in Revelation chapter 2-9 and Revelation chapter 3-9. They're the yes. synagogue of Satan who say they are mm. Jews and are not, but are, but are of the synagogue of Satan. And all those Jew-loving Judeo-Christians out there, they can't stand this. They've been deceived with a deception so great. Hey, I'm, without the Lord granting repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, there is no coming out. It's the Lord. The Lord had to be the one who brought me out of it. And it was the Lord. I give him all the credit. He's the one that made the things happen and me hear the certain things that brought me out of that stuff, Okay. And, what is, and one of the saddest things, folks, is our Presbyterian brethren originally, they were so close to the truth. They were so close to the truth. But yet they didn't get it as well. I'm talking about historically, okay? They were so close. But, they, and, and, but it wasn't meant to be. If it had been, the Lord would have done it. Anyway, no questions in uh, Lord willing... Folks, I don't know. The way my health has been, today's been a rough day. I don't know if we'll be back Sunday night or not. Uh, if if something happens and I can't make it, it'll be because of my health, okay? Just going to let you know that up front. Heavenly Father, Father, I pray that you put a hedge around your children, Father. I pray that you put a hedge around them and keep any false doctrine, any kind of false jump from hirelings to get in their hearts and minds to corrupt them, Father. I pray that they'd search out the Scriptures themselves to see if these things be so, Lord. Yes. That they'd compare spiritual things with spiritual. That they would put line upon line and precept upon precept according to your Word and let the Spirit of God either confirm or deny the truth that's been spoken tonight. Yes. And Father God, we thank you so much for the blessings that you bestowed, that you gave us in the past and the ones you give us individually now, Father, as long as we stay true to your book and stay true to you. 
We love you, Lord Jesus. Yes. We want to see you come back soon because there's not a single problem that we have that wouldn't be solved upon your return. And like John said, the last verse in the book of Revelation, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. The telephone number is 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-2333. The email address is joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Mailing address is 3155. Louisville Street, apartment D1. That's D1. Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. And before before you, I want to thank the ones that support me. Thank you from the depths of my heart. You don't hear me talking about it very, very, very seldom to ever talk about it, but... You don't know how much it means to me. Praise God. I give God all the glory. And you don't have to worry. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. It'll come back to you. And I appreciate it very much. I just wanted to say that publicly. The ones that support me, I appreciate it very much. If I've taught you in spiritual things, then according to the Word of God, you're supposed to give back in carnal things. That's what the book says, folks. That's not me making it up, okay? That's what the book says. Anyway. Absolutely. Either way. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. I appreciate you being there in the chat room tonight. And like I said, Lord willing and health permitting, we'll be back Sunday night. And if not, we'll see you soon, as soon as I can get back. Love you, Brother David. Good job. Good job, Brother Kevin. Thanks, Pastor. Talk to you guys later. God bless each and every one of you. And may his protection be with you till we meet again. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, brother. Good night, all. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.